Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Unstuck Movement. This platform was created to help you find breakthrough in your life by telling incredible stories of breakthrough. So I created this platform because I wanted to have an example of how people broke the chains of things that were holding them back in their life and how they found a new level, right? How they went through that plateau, that glass ceiling that had been holding them back because I think life and our growth is all about breakthrough. And I love to have people on here, powerful people who have great stories to tell that can share these stories with us to create impact in our lives. Today, I brought the incredible Jesse Cruz with us onto the show. I'm so honored, so happy to have Jesse here. So Jesse is a speaker, development coach, award-winning and international speaker, and best-selling author. Jesse hosts transformational events for professionals all over the world. Plus, he has an incredible story of breakthrough, of getting unstuck. Jesse, thank you so much for being a part of the Unstuck Movement. Rob, thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. So... I love to launch these episodes with a question because uh, you know and I know you ask the right questions in life, you get better answers in your life. So I want to ask you a question that will set the stage for us here on this episode. What is the significance of a gift? And what is the significance in your life of a gift that was given to you? Significance of a gift is something that's been given to you that you necessarily did not earn, you did not deserve. And that's what makes it so special is that you can't earn your way into the gift. And when it's given to you, it is your responsibility to cultivate that gift, to grow that gift, to unwrap the gift, and then to share it. Because anytime you have a gift given to you, it is important to share it with the world because a gift is no good if it is not shared. That's why I love having a gift being able to share it. And how does this hold weight for you in your own personal story? What was what was this gift that was given to you that you didn't have to earn or deserve that has led you to where you're at that helped you to get unstuck from a difficult spot? For me, it's the gift of being able to encourage people through the written or spoken word. As a writer and as a speaker, it's not something I was naturally like I learned this skill over time. Yes, you can always develop the skill. You can always improve in areas that you put time, focus, energy and effort into. But sometimes you just give it a gift. And that's a gift that I was given. And unfortunately for me, I didn't really try to unlock that gift until I went through certain traumatic experiences, setbacks, pain, conflict, because I didn't know what to do. So I relied on my gift to get me through the pain. And so although pain could be the number one thing humanity wants to avoid, it's the number one thing that we need to heal and help other people heal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true, man. And the, the blessings on the other side of that pain, right? It's, it's kind of, it's very interesting how God works your life in that way and, and uses those difficult times, you know, to refine us to renew us, to take us to a new level of glory, because that's what we have to do. We have to go through that process to get to where he wants us to go. What were you like before 
like stepping into this gift. So how has Jesse changed from now to before embracing this gift and, and, and letting it be something that guides your life? Well, I don't focus so much attention on what people think, right? Because I used to think that everybody was supposed to love me, everyone's supposed to like me, and, and that's exhausting. And now I realized that there's only specific people that I'm here to impact. Yeah, of course, you want to impact everybody, but not everybody's your assignment. Now I have more clarity on the people I'm called to serve. And so, and I'm, cu I'm curious about this because this is where a lot of people are stuck. Like, how were you living your life beforehand saying you were, you know, worried about what other people were thinking? When you were stuck in that place, what were you keeping yourself from, right? What was, what were you holding yourself back from being in that place? And, and how did you react to life in general by being stuck in that place? I look back at it now. I didn't even know I was stuck. Hmm. I thought that this was normal. This is how I should live until I was putting myself in environments where people thought differently and they opened up my whole mind to be able to realize that there's a different way. And that's why your environment and what you're exposed to is life-changing because I would have kept on going throughout my life, worrying about all these other things that were not as important. And I think one of the things that most people struggle with is unlocking that gift. And therefore they settle for mediocre, they settle for average. And I was trying to live other people's dreams and not my mm. own. Mm, yeah, man, living somebody else's dream. That's a lot of, that's what a lot of us go through most of our life doing. And like you said, whether you realize it or not, right? So whether you realize you're walking, living your life, doing things throughout the day that somebody else wanted you to do, or maybe somebody else didn't even want you to do them. Maybe you just felt that you had to do them because of the conditions of how you were or how you grew up or the relationship that you had with that person. It's really interesting to have that breakthrough and to kind of shake yourself from that. And I'd, I'd love to talk about what shook you from that. I'd, let's talk uh, whether as, you know, as deep as you want to go with it, or as on the surface you want to go with it, I leave that open for anybody who talks about difficult things in their lives. But what was it that shook you from that place and stepping into the gift? My daughter, when she was born, she was four months early. She was only one pound. She could literally fit in the palm of my hand. And every single day, she would fight for her life. And I never knew what would happen by the moment. And then 42 days of her fighting for her life, she passed away. And this essentially was ruining my life because the person I love so much is not here with me. And the only thing that got me through was the activation of that gift, which was sharing my story. And I believe we're designed to connect with people through our stories and leverage the pain, transform that into purpose to help other people grow and i think it is the absolute worst moments of our lives if we're careful with them can turn out to be one of the most impactful moments that we can 
use that energy, channel it in a positive way, and change lives forever. Mm. That's really true, man. Whether we decide to use it or not, and, and, and if we can get through it, we find, and most, a lot of us, I know you did, I know I do, rely on God, rely on Jesus to help us get through those difficult places. Because when there's less of you, there's more of him. And to get through, and I've, I've gone through stuff over the past couple of years, man, that like, I don't know how to get through it. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to do it. Like, so it, it can't be me that is going to get me through it because I'm ill-equipped. I do not have the tools and resources of my own, like, knowledge or upbringing or whatever it might be to get me through the things I had to get through. So I had to rely on God to get me through it and to use the pain. And I think every single episode, man, every episode I talk about making your mess your message because it comes up in all of these conversations. But when you take that thing that was the mess and you give it to God, you get through it, now you can use it as a vehicle, which is the gift, right? You can use it as the vehicle to take you where God wants to take you. And you said about like leveraging the pain and then sharing the story. And I had your wife Des on here too, which was another amazing conversation because you are an amazing couple. You two are just incredible together. And I hear, you know, I, when hearing her talk and hearing you talk and sharing, it's like you, you both have embraced this concept and, I, and embrace it like in different ways because you're two different people. But the concept is sharing the story and healing through the story. When you, how long did it take you to first start sharing your story? And when did you notice like, wow, this is starting to make like a seismic shift in my life? I would say I started to talk about it a couple years later. I started to write about it immediately. So the writing portion, that helped me start to heal. But once I started to start, like the impact was probably a couple years later. Because it took me a while to try to process that. And, you know, it's been several years and there's still moments of weakness that I have. Still times where I'm just like, I don't get it. I get angry, frustrated, I'm sad, I'm hurt all these years later. So I just don't understand. But one thing I have learned is that reaching more people, a requirement is deep pain. So we're talking about being able to reach more people, using that deep pain to reach more people, learning to tell your story, which helps to change other people's lives. And this is something that's really hard for a lot of people to do to open up about that story, share that story, which begins the healing process, which helps other people to heal. How do you take somebody, right? So you're helping people transformational coaching, uh, speaker coaching, helping people to learn how to tell their story so they can transform. So other people can transform. And I'm curious, just in, in your own coaching practice, how do you help people begin to do that? How do you help them begin? Cause somebody might have a story in them. I know people in my life, man, who their lives have been stuck for 30, 40 years because of something that happened in a story they haven't been able to tell or talk about. And nobody else also will talk about it. So they're like locked in this place. 
and you see it. It's painful. And when you try to go in and open that up, man, it can be, you're opening up Pandora's box. You're opening up a world of pain. How do you, when you're helping people tell their story, what are like the beginning phases of working with them? If they have this thing, they know they need to release and give to the world, but they don't know how to. First is realizing that the pain that you went through is not even for you. It's for somebody else. Mm. And if you don't share it, you rob them of healing. Mm. You rob them of blessing. You rob them of opportunity. So choosing to not share your story is one of the most selfish things a human being can do. And if you want to set yourself free, you have to be honest with what you've gone through, which empowers you to help other people to be set free from what they've gone through. And that's why your story is so important. So I tell when I'm coaching, you have to start with thinking about the people that you know this will benefit and the pain and will help relief from their life. I love what you said there. The, the pain is for someone else. So that, that says to me, because that's really good. That says to me, like, wow, no wonder if, 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 you're, if this pain's in you and it's bottled up and it's bothering you so much. This pain is like eating you alive. The reason it's doing that is because it's not for you to hold on to. It's for you to, to give. You need to talk about this pain. Turn the pain into a story that you share. Because that pain is for somebody else. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Is that is that kind of how you you look at it too? And and just go into a, a little bit of elaboration on that. Why why is that pain not for you? Why is it for someone else? Because somebody else went through something similar, and nobody showed them how to get through it. No one provided them a blueprint or a roadmap or the right strategies and tactics to help them get through it. Because everybody's sitting around waiting for somebody else to tell them how to do it. We're all sitting back waiting for this guidance and instruction and coaching. And so we all just stay silent. And that's why it's so important when you share your story. It's, it's about courage. And yeah, that pain changed your life. And if you use it the right way, it'll change the lives of many. Hmm. Do you feel like there's levels of honesty? So I'm, I'm curious about this for you because I think the more open I get and honest I get with myself and the more I tell my story, the more I can reveal deeper levels of honesty about it to myself, right? So I can be honest with myself and then I can also be honest with other people about things that I was very uncomfortable being honest about before or maybe not even being honest about, just I was afraid to share these things before, right? So... What are your thoughts on that? On and this just came up to me as we as you were talking. I thought like, wow. When you said about being honest, it's like you start by I start by being a certain degree of honest, and then the more comfortable I get in that, I can be more honest. Have you found that there's levels to that for you as well? Yeah, I mean, I think it's depending on the the setting, the relationship, also spiritually feeling led. You know, sometimes it's appropriate to share one part of your story and other times it's not. Mm. Uh, I, I, what I see a lot of people doing when they're looking to grow their business, they're, you know, they're sharing certain aspects of their life and their story. 
there's different ways to share that story effectively. Early on, when I would share my story, I would share my story from a place of my woundedness. Now I share my story from a place of healing. And there's a complete difference in those two things. And so once you're able to share from a place of your healing, you can actually go deeper to a greater level of honesty. Because if you're not ready to be healed and you try to share your story too soon and go that deep, then you're up there crying in a mess and you can't really serve the people you're called to impact. Boy, that is so true, man. When you can speak to that place from a place of healing versus the woundedness, because when you're speaking it from a place of woundedness, there's there's still going to be there's going to be some bite to the story that you wouldn't normally have there. Like when you come from a place of healing, you're speaking from a place of love, so you can really see the situation uh, more objectively. When you're in that wounded place, you're still feeling it subjectively. So I guess you can still impact people. From a subjective wounded place but it's gonna not have as deep of an impact and it's probably gonna have a different impact but that place of healing man and that objectiveness to speak from that that is that's amazing i love that that's so good um okay so i want to ask you about your faith and talk about your faith and dive into that first we're going to get to a quick ad from jose escobar and the connected leaders academy the sponsor of this podcast who makes this thing possible so check this out real quick and we're going to talk to jesse about his faith and what that means to him in his life hi my name is jose escobar and i'm the founder and ceo of the connected leaders academy we're a growing tribe a community of entrepreneurs all over the world globally all across the country high performers titans of industry if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to grow personally and professionally, scale your influence, develop your skill sets, move the needle in your business, more clients, more money, more profit, the bottom line, and of course, grow your circle and your network like never before, this is where you want to be. Join the Connected Leaders Academy today. We are scaling massively. We want to welcome you in. Check me out on Instagram and on Facebook, the at symbol JASCO. 25. We look forward to having you join us. Take care. Awesome. So I want to ask you about your faith. And with each episode, with each person that I interview, I ask them beforehand, like, what are some quotes or some sayings that you live by? And being a man of faith, you said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For a non-believer who might be watching this, what does, or and for a believer, right? So a non-believer maybe have never even heard that before or has any framework for what that even means or a believer who hears that and it means something very valuable to them and something very meaningful to them what does that quote mean for you in your life i like to look at it as if i go into a gym and i'm on the bench press there's a certain amount of weight that i can lift on my own and then there's going to be a point where there's too much weight i can't lift it by myself, not in my own strength. Mm -hmm. The reason why that relationship with Jesus is so important because he provides that support to help you lift the weight. He's the greatest spotter there is. It relieves the tension and the pressure, the weight that's trying to crush you. And that's one of the best things any human being can do is to allow someone else to help you lift the weight. 
And when I say I can do all things to Christ who gives me strength, is that when my strength is gone, I borrow his. And his is an infinite supply. Mine is very limited. And if you're feeling stressed out and burned out, and you don't know what to do, you have to pass over your pain and your struggle to him. And allow him to lift it. Borrow that strength. Amen. Amen to that. That's, I love doing this show because I get good quotes with every episode. And that's that's a great one. I've never heard Jesus is the greatest spotter there is. That's good stuff. <laughs> I love that, dude. That's cool. I'm going to use that. He, he helps you lift that weight up. That's really good, man. Uh, was your faith always a part of your life or did it come in at a certain point? Um, wh when did that begin for you? I was raised in an environment, church and faith, but it wasn't real to me. It was my parents' faith. It didn't become mine so much later on. I think I had to go through a lot of challenging times, moments of loneliness and desperation to make that faith my own. Uh, I thought that, you know, this idea of God was just some big old thing in the sky that I can never feel personally connected to. And years of struggling, I had enough wasn't until I fully submitted and said, you know what? God, if you're real, I promise you, I'm going to give you my heart. And that's what I had to do. But it wasn't until I got to that moment of where I tried everything else, I was still empty, still broken. And I decided I've reached my breaking point. How did it change? What, what did you do when you decided to to make you know those first steps for you personally, what did that look like? I made the decision that I wasn't going to be the only one making the decision. That I would seek out his word, I would pray, would listen, and try to follow his prompting to the best of my ability. Now, even though I made the decision to follow him, I still can't count the amount of times I've screwed up, I've messed up, and I refuse to listen. But that's him still working on me. There's still things I'm working through that I got to mature on. But one of the biggest things was understanding that I don't have all the answers, and that's why my faith is so important. And for your family too, did your wife jump with in with you on that journey? Was she already on that journey? Because you know, uh, being equally yoked is a very important thing in a marriage and a relationship. Did that was that something that uh, you had to develop over the t time between the two of you, or was that there as the basis um, when you decided to dive in? She was already in. What was that like? When we first met, we were not serving God, but we started going to church. And we would go to church every single Sunday for months. But we did not have like a relationship with God. You know, um, I think it was right around the time that I. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. I turned my life over to God. I believed in God. But there's a big difference between 
you know, they say in the, in the church that, you know, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. See, I accept him. I accepted Jesus as my Savior, but I didn't make him my Lord. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. I believe that he died and rose again from my sins, but I didn't make him Lord of my life. It took me a while to get there. And so when I met her, she was just starting to go to church and I was going to church for a little while and trying to learn more about God. And I had come to the faith a little earlier than her, um, but not much later, a few months afterwards, she turned her life over to the Lord too. And we've been on this journey of serving the Lord ever since. Amazing. I love that. Love to hear that too. It's beautiful to see the two of you do that. And um, I, I know that you're both very much, very much um, devoted to your faith. And I, I just, I can see it between the two of you, the way the two of you interact, the way the two of you collaborate together and communicate. It's a really, uh, when you see that in a couple, it's a very inspirational and contagious thing. And you, you want, you want that for yourself. So man, I, I love seeing that. And I think that's something that draws people to the two of you. Something I wanted to ask you as we come to the close here, because I, I've never asked you this, but I've noticed this from you. Because we've, we've had many conversations and have been around each other many times. You seem to really own silence in a, in a way that a lot of people don't. And you're very comfortable in your, in yourself and, and, so I'm just, I want to ask you about that. Like, did you have to learn how to like own silence and own, you'll make a statement and that's it. There's no, you know I mean? What I mean? Like you, you'll let the silence kind of sit there and you let, cause there's a lot of power in that place. And there's a lot that comes from that place. I mean, that's where the Holy spirit is in that silence. So is that something that you cultivated over time? Is that just naturally who you are? Well, I think there's power in words, but there's also power in the words that you don't speak. And I believe that one of the greatest communicators in the world, what they can do is allow the silence of the moment to fill the room. And I believe that comes with patience and the desire to listen and understand people. You know, when I'm speaking on stages or I'm on a podcast, anything like that, I want to be able to speak clearly, but I also want to be able to listen clearly. And so when I'm speaking, I'm also borrowing time of silence to connect with the people I'm connecting with. Mm. And so anytime that I'm in a conversation, anytime I'm on a stage, I'm doing my best to try to find moments of silence that I can leverage to hit the heartstrings connect with the mind, connect with the spirit of the person who needs to hear it. Yeah, I can tell, man, it makes an impact. In a conversation, it makes an impact. I, and I come from the world of radio where this, I was taught, you know, I've, I've been in, was in radio at 15 years old. And one of the things that was said to me was, well, you got to talk until you figure out what you're going to say. <laughs> right? So, because if you're on the air and you're just trying to get somewhere and you're not sure how to get there yet, then you need to be able to talk until you can get there and unlearning some of that, which that was helpful for some periods of my life. Uh, and it was necessary, but on the other end, it wasn't helpful or necessary because it makes you think that you have to fill every empty void with something, which is not the case. 
And there's a lot of power in pausing, a lot of power in silence. So hearing somebody like you talking like makes me inspired and real makes me realize, oh right, I don't need to fill all these gaps. These gaps are going to fill themselves. Nobody is thinking about this besides me. If I'm not speaking into a gap, it's just me thinking about it. It does it doesn't have to be spoken into. So I just wanted to commend you for that, man. Because I think that's one of your one of your uh, strengths that I notice is your ability to to own silence and to to use it to leverage it. If people want to find out more about what you do, uh, they're you know they love your story. They find it super interesting that you help people tell their stories and get on stages and win awards. And, uh, you know, you travel all over the world and help people share their stories and become stronger and heal. If somebody's inspired by that, wants to know more about that, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? They can connect with me on Instagram, Jesse Cruz Speaks, or Jesse Cruz on Facebook. Awesome. Anything you want to leave the audience with before we sign off? Yeah, one last thing. Just think of that person that you love, that you care about, that you want the best for. Now think that you have the solution to their problem. That's exactly what's happening when you don't share your story. You leave that person that you're care about that you love and adore and leave them in the darkness mm. your story is a light for their life therefore your story is life-giving now go give the gift of your story go give the gift of your story i love that jesse cruz thank you so much for being a part of the unstuck movement thank you for having me